This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. You're listening to the Millennial Balance podcast right here on 105.9 The Region. I'm Shaliza Backus. I'm Afia Ba. Hope everyone is doing well so far. You We're know, enjoying yourself. The summer. Finally, goodness gracious! I know we always, every time we I always, know, we can't help it. <laughs> the same intro, but listen, like, <laughs> the weather, the food. I'm with the food and we know. the weather, we know. and I'm just fine. Like this is all it. I feel like maybe sometimes when I save up, I'm saving up just like for this, which yeah. is not necessarily a good thing, but you got to splurge sometimes, you know? you know? You can't be outside and be cheap at the same time. That's just the way the summertime works. Unless there is a sale. Hashtag McFlurries. I mean. Hashtag parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's for another episode. <laughs> we won't talk about Literally, that now. <laughs> I feel like we could go on for an entire episode about that. But really anyway, mm-hmm. we do always want to save money and we're looking for the best ways to save and invest. And we need it right now. Believe me, we've talked about this multiple times on and off the air. I don't want to live in a shoebox. You know? I mean, a shoebox, I think you're even thinking large right now. I mean, yeah, seriously. (laughs) But you're absolutely right. We're here to give you that knowledge. So joining us today to have this discussion on how to build yourself financially, get yourself on the right track when it comes to your money. We're speaking with content creator, Reni Odetoyimbo. Reni, what's up? How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Can't complain. Can't complain. Now, Reni, you are, I'm going to say a Jill of all trades. I feel like you've got your toes dipped in so many areas. And that's something that millennials, I find, are doing more and more. Even Gen Z, if we're really talking about it, so many people have their main hustle, their side hustles, different things that they dip their toes into that create income for themselves. You know, it's not just about the nine to five anymore. It's not just about working one job. And is that kind of what put you on the track to get where you are now? Um, Yeah, I definitely think that having multiple sources of income since I was probably like, I don't even know, maybe 19 or 20 has definitely helped me uh, to become financially free, I would say. And I think it's, it's unfortunate. I feel like we kind of have to as millennials, you know, like our parents probably didn't need to, but we kind of have to. Yeah. For me, I won't lie. Part of that hurts me. And I'll say why. Listen, we were drilled in from our parents go to school yeah get that education get the job and you're set and we got you yes. you know we they, they're always like i work so hard to put this roof over your house and they you're did. ungrateful so on <laughs> listen my mom will always tell me all the time you know you don't want to you don't want to do this you have to do this and if you have to you focus on your books focus on your books i'm like yes yes i got it books money got mm-hmm. it fine and we understand right they were coming sometimes coming into canada and they really had to hustle and they yeah. didn't want us to go through that Ironically enough, we went for the school, we got the job, but we're still almost sort of mirroring the exact same thing as our parents, having to do double, maybe triple jobs just to try and make ends meet. Renny, are you finding that sort of weird irony happening or are you seeing that? Yeah, in this economy, it's like we all have to have multiple streams of income. But you said having multiple jobs. I don't think we have to have multiple jobs with multiple streams of income. And I always like to tell people that like there's a there's a big difference. Some can be active, but then others can be passive where you're not accepting to work for them as well. Absolutely. So could you maybe help differentiate the the ones from active to passive income, help people maybe better understand that? 
Yeah. So active income would be, you know, you're trading your time for your money. So let's say you go to your nine to five, you work from nine to five, and then they pay you however much they're supposed to pay you for that time. If you didn't go there, you wouldn't get paid, you know? So that's the type of active income. And if you have multiple jobs and you have more multiple sources of active income, which is good, like it's not bad and you can make a lot of money doing this, but it's very time consuming. And to be honest, I don't want to work three jobs. I would just like to work one. Uh, so that's active income. And then we have passive income and passive income would be where the money is working for you even while you are you know sleeping so that would be doing things such as investing in the stock market or having rental income you know there are other things that can you take the money from your nine to five put it in these things and then they start making you money over time so that would be the main difference between them whoever thought would you would make money while you're sleeping and I mean, on a previous episode, we did talk about investing and things like that. And, you know, a lot of millennials are having trouble, are starting to get into it, but still having trouble getting into it. And did you, do you feel like you had any issues dealing with investing and starting to try and invest any of your money? I would say that my, thankfully, my dad taught me how to invest at a really young age. So I started when I was 18. I think like very close to my 18th birthday, I bought my first stock and I've been investing literally every, ever since that every two weeks since then. I don't think I've missed a week. So um, thankfully I had a really smooth, you know, transition into it. But the reason that I started like my YouTube channel and my Instagram page and all these platforms was because I know most people don't have that. So I decided to teach them on my YouTube channel. And I honestly think that right now it's easier than ever. Like we have uh, different like investment platforms that make it super easy and break it down. And it's also a lot cheaper than it was when I first started. So yeah, I think that um, it's easier. It's It can feel overwhelming, but it's easier than ever to start if you want to. I'll put myself out there. I am one. It sometimes seems daunting to me. Like I, I'm really trying to sort of get myself into investing. And, and let's put it out there too. You're never too old to invest. I mean, they always say to start early and yes, that's ideal. But hey, mm -hmm. it's never too late and you could always start at any moment. You just have to start. So for me, if I'm saying I just want to start tomorrow, maybe what are some of the maybe the top three tips that you would give me to be like, all right, girl, you want to start with this first and then move here next? If you are investing, I would say oh, the first thing you want to do is open up an account, obviously. So, you know, the tax-free savings account, they call it TFSA tax-free savings account, but you can actually invest through that account. I don't know who named it that, but you can invest through that account as well. So I would say if you're just starting, no matter how old or how young you are, that would be a great account to start with because all the money that you invest through it would be tax-free when you actually take it out, which is really nice. Because, you know, in Canada, we're taxed on, like, pretty much everything. Like, breathing soon may be taxed. So oh, girl, please don't say that. Please. Basically. I need my... <laughs> <laughs> oh, just took 30 cents from you. <laughs> like it, It's coming. I, I, feel it, I feel it coming. So um, if we can have any tax breaks that there are, you know, I like to take advantage of them. So that would be the first thing I would say, like open your CFSA with whatever platform you want to. And a lot of people stress like, OK, I'm going to think of which platform and they're like debating between this platform and this platform. I'm just like. Just pick one. At the end of the day, you just need to pick one. There are ones like Wealth Simple, Quest Trade, or all the major banks in Canada have an investment platform. So just open one and open that account. Uh, and you can usually call them or just do it online. Uh, the second thing I would say would be fund the account. So a lot of people have their TFSA open, but then they never put any money in it. I think I always encourage people to get into the regular practice of transferring money into it on a bi-weekly basis or however often you get paid. So if you get paid on the first day of every month, so you get paid monthly, 
pay, make an uh, automatic transfer that on the first day of every month, $50 is going to come out of your checking account and go into your investing account. And even if you don't buy anything, at least you're getting into the practice of constantly funding this account. No matter what, even if you feel like spending all the money by yourself, the money is still going in there with, without your knowledge. And then the last thing would be to buy something. And this could be the most complicated part, it seems, but you can either buy a stock, which would be like an individual part of a company. So like an Apple, a Microsoft, a Shopify, you can buy one of those companies, or you can buy a fund. And there are these things called index funds and exchange traded funds. And basically it's a, a group of companies all in there. I always tell beginners, start with the funds because when you start with the funds, it's less risky than putting all your money into one company. And yeah, that's where I would start. That's where I would start. It's, I mean, those are great points. And I, I love that you've just explained it so accessibly, really, yes. because I feel like all of that information can be so overwhelming for so many people. So so thank you for that. And I want to shift a little bit to your social media presence, because you talk about all of these things in your videos, on your TikToks and things like that. How did you first get the idea to even do something like that? So when I was 23 in 2020, I bought my first house. And a lot oh, of people... Oh, 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 wait, you know let's what? just pause. Uh, yes. Girl, girl, you got in. You got in. <laughs> we got to give you your flowers for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I was 23 at the time in 2020. And um, again, I had been investing in stock market since, tw uh, to, since I was 18 years old. And a lot of uh, my, my money just grew and grew and grew until I had like $60,000 that my stocks had grown to. So my dad encouraged me, oh, you should take that money out and purchase a home. So that's what I did. I purchased my first home. It's a rental property. I, I have it in London, Ontario. And, you know, uh, it's it's rented out there. So I posted my keys on my plat on my page. I was like, and this was like, I didn't have many followers. It was just my friends and stuff. And they were all like, Renny, you need to like start posting about this. Like, how did you do this? They had lots of questions for me. So I was like, okay, do you want me to make a YouTube video? Do you want me to make a podcast? What do you want me to do? And everyone overwhelmingly said YouTube video. We want all the details. And secretly, I had always wanted to be a content creator. Like I always loved watching different content creators and thinking that's such a cool job. So when I had the chance, I was like, yeah, this is my chance to actually start a YouTube channel. So I started, I posted, and it started doing pretty well almost immediately. And then I've never stopped. It's been three years. I quit my full-time job in 2021 to pursue it full-time. And yeah, now it's my full-time job and I love it. Thank when I grow know. up, I want to be like Lenny. I'd <laughs> <laughs> be older than you, but it's okay. <laughs> I mean, speaking on the sort of financial front and, and the content that you're posting, um, have you ever posted maybe some sort of red flags that you should, um, that millennials or people in general that are just trying to get financially on track to sort of look out for? I would say some of the red flags that I see are if somebody promises you a return when you are investing. So say they promise like you have a guaranteed 15% return. That's very suspect because the whole point of investing is that you put the money in and your your risk like there's an inherent risk about it, right? So it's either going to go up or it's going to go down. But if everything was guaranteed, if you could guarantee a fifteen percent return, then every single person in the world would be investing, right? So. I think that anytime you see someone who's promising you a return, be very wary of it. Unless it's a GIC, which is a guaranteed investment certificate, which I don't really consider an investment. 
it it's it's probably a scam. Someone's trying to get your money and and go. Also, if someone is telling you that there are exceptionally high returns, telling you there are thirty five percent returns every year that you're going to get, meaning that if you put a hundred dollars in, it's going to go to one hundred thirty five. If you put a thousand dollars in, it's going to go to one thousand three hundred fifty. Also very suspect because again if 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 we could guarantee these high 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 returns then mm, every every single person would be doing it so those are two of the red flags that i that i usually see and also um on like social media in general there are a lot of people who clone people's accounts like finance creators accounts and then they go and dm their followers and ask them for money and they say i will invest on your behalf so people have created fake accounts of me instead of calling it like xo Remy, it'll be like xo Remy with an m or something or like and then or something <laughs> Yeah. And then they will DM all of my followers and say, hey, how's your investing journey going? And the person will start talking to them, like being so happy that I'm having a conversation with them. And then they will um, and then they will uh, say, OK, you can like I will help you invest and like I will, you know, invest on your behalf. I can guarantee this return. And some people actually give their money to them. So that would be like a huge red flag. Nobody is like nobody should be investing on your behalf unless they're a financial advisor and you should be reaching out to them. They probably will not be reaching out to you like that. Renee, what's next for you? I mean, you've dipped your toes, as I said, into so many different places. There's so many sources of income for you. Where do you see yourself in, let's say, five years? You know what? I'm a really go with the flow type person. Uh, you know, these questions were like, what are your five year plan? You know, it's to be happy, wealthy and healthy, you know, in, in the next five years, uh, growing my brand consistently. And I think my brand doesn't have to look exactly how it looks right now, which is like, you know, constantly posting on social media. But it may be that I am helping other people become financially literate in another way, maybe doing one on one uh, calls with people. I'm not too sure yet, but I'm a really go with the flow type person, as I said. I like that. You're not tying yourself down to anything, really. It's like, no, I want you to make me a list and put there it down you on go. paper. I'm all for it. I need a five-year plan on paper. <laughs> but you're already setting up your empire already as we speak. And I mean, if you get another financial property along the way, I'm sure it's not going to be too bad. <laughs> uh, Renny, this conversation has been so amazing. Um, but if uh, people want to know more about your journey, people need tips, people want to reach out to you for advice, where can they go? Uh, you can go on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, my website, my, and the handle is at XO Rennie, that's X-O-R-E-N-I, and my website is rennytheresource.com. I also have a podcast called Don't Go Broke Trying, and on my podcast, I teach people how to not go broke trying to live their best lives, so I have great episodes on there. I would tell you to definitely listen to that. Season two just launched, so I think that would be a good place to learn more about me. Amazing. So basically, how to be outside the summer and not be broke. Yep. <laughs> Hot exactly. girl summer with full pockets. Let's do it. Yeah. You won't find me. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. <laughs> Renny, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Stay tuned. We're going to have many more conversations about our finances and how we can get financially on track. So stay with us. We will be right back. You are listening to Millennial Balance exclusively here on 105.9 The Region.
And welcome back to the Millennial Balance Podcast. I'm Shaliza Backus. I'm Afia Ba. And you know what? I think we've been having pretty good conversations so far when it comes to sort of managing your finances. You know what? It's a big conversation that we have to have, that we need to have really in this day and age. Yeah, and I feel like there's so many pathways and so many approaches Mm -hmm. you can take to these types of conversations. So I like that we've kind of been discovering different levels of of discussing your finances. And joining us now to take a whole nother route Mm -hmm. to this conversation is Kaylee Beauvoir, author of Make Money Your Thing. And the uh, the tagline for the book is ditch the shame and design your dream life, which I love. I'm hooked already because <laughs> you know how hard it is to create that dream life. That's why I'm always sleeping. That's how I can only create my dream life. Was that too much? I'm going to stop talking okay, now. Okay, <laughs> Kaylee, Kaylee, I think you need to jump in right about now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes, the dream life. Absolutely. We can do it and we can live it. You, yes. Well, we're awake, not while we're sleeping. This book, it's it's very tailored to women and managing their finances. Was there a specific inspiration f- that you had to write this? Yeah, absolutely. So really based on my own experience. So I was raised by a single mom. And so money became like something really uh, like obvious and, and important to me, like at an early age. It's just, I, I saw the stress, the struggle that that brought on to her. So I think it's like I had like a very early exposure to sort of that negative side of money. And then from that, I knew at that point on, like I wanted to learn more. I wanted to do something. I wanted to help women. And and that's why I've really designed the book and written it for women. Um, That and a combination of being in this industry for 15 years now, um, seeing that the industry still is very male dominated. And with that, what happens is it's it's almost like it's catered to men. It's marketed towards men. It's designed for men. And we need to create more of like a comfort, like comfortable, welcoming space for women. So that's why I made this book for women, um, because I think women need it. Like, again, the by default, I feel like the financial industry is sort of already marketed and available and um, has a lot of offerings, you know, for men. But I think we need to do more for women. So that's what this book is about. I'm a financially independent woman, woman as well myself. I'm a single mom of two little ones. And so, you know, I'm here on all women's team, like rooting for them, wanting them to feel empowered with their money. Thank you for sharing your story. I mean, from, I mean, your your childhood background to even now just sharing this little personal nugget about yourself. I think a lot of people can resonate and, and relate to your story. I know myself as a child growing up very daunting in terms about learning about finances, similar situation to yours. And in, I mean, now just learning about a little bit about your adulthood life and your um, single motherhood life, but just being so empowering um, and helping us learn how to take control of our finances. I feel like there's so many ways and conversations about finances and stuff where you're looking at, you know, your traditional family Mm -hmm. model where the woman is very dependent on the man Mm -hmm. and her finances come from him. And then it's like, well, what do you do if you're on your own? And that's not the case. So I really like that you're exploring those things. Yeah, absolutely. I know I had a woman reach out to me the other day and she said, I really need to like be mindful and start taking action with my money. She said that she did just have this thought in the background that one day she would get married and her husband would deal with all this. And, you know, here she is single and that's fine. Of course, you don't have to get married. Right. Um, But it's just like, she's having this reality of like, oh, I need to figure this out. I need to do it. And it's so interesting to know. It's like, where does this come from? Is it society? Is it, you know, what we're taught through 
parents or teachers? Like, where are we deciding? And when does that happen when we think, oh, I'll just like default to a man to help me with this? Like that has to stop. That has to go away completely. And and I think it is absolutely. But it's just anything we can do to speed that along, to really make women feel comfortable, welcome, that they belong in that financial space as well is so important. If you had like the your main takeaway and like the biggest of advice, piece of advice for women that you had, what would you say that is? I would say it would be like doing the inner work. I think it's almost like kind of the easiest step too, because it's like you can say like, oh, money, numbers, investing, that all seems overwhelming. Well, what about just doing the inner work and kind of diving deeper into what some of those beliefs are? So like I identified a woman thinking, oh, I needed to wait around for a man and then realizing, no, that's not the reality. And I can start doing this on my own. So I go through this as part one of the book. It's called like, you know, going through your money baggage, essentially, and seeing like, what do you have already inside and, and you know, backing up some of these things you're saying and believing about money. Cause I don't think we stop to really consider, you know, what do I think about money and where did it come from? Those things that come up for you, question them and then decide like, what is it that I want to consciously believe about money? And it's going to come up like, all the time you'll realize it's like, again, it's this subconscious already like ingrained beliefs you have about money. But I would say like, that's my biggest piece of advice. If you can start identifying what that is for yourself and then deciding to kind of consciously shift and, and choose to have more of a positive relationship where money is on your side, money is your ally. And with that process and step, what you'll find is like the other concepts will come to you, I would say easier, or you'll be more open and willing to learn about them, right? If you think money is hard and math is confusing, well, you're not going to get through the rest of my book. Like, so that's why we have to start with the inner work. So I think that's something that is my biggest piece of advice that I would say anyone can do right now today. I mean, that's a great, uh, great, great piece of advice because you're right. It all does start off with your mindset and what you believe and and how you think money is going to work for you. Um, that being said, let's say we do start off with that inner work. And, and, and I think maybe we should mention too, that inner work will probably always be constant because you yeah. always have to challenge anything yeah. that you've believed as a perceived notion. Once you start working on that inner work though, how do then start to begin to transition to say, or to, to do the work of, of wanting to be financially independent. Um, and I'll even take it a step further and say financially successful, but let's start off first becoming financially dependent, uh, independent if we have some work to do there in our, on our finances. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say one thing is having the awareness piece of your money. So how many people say things like, I have no idea how much I spend or you know how much I save or things like that. Well. Those are really important numbers. So again, part two of my book is that digging in deeper to really understand money awareness. We can't, you know, we can have all sorts of goals and dreams, but if we don't know where we're at right now, we can't get there, right? Because it's all about making a plan, executing the plan to get there. But first, again, we always start with like, if you're using your GPS on your phone and you're trying to get somewhere, step one, the first key piece of information is where are you right now? So that's what women have to really, I think, get, you know, inspired to do and take action on is figuring out your numbers, know your numbers. And I break it down in the book, but it's having like an idea of your net worth, which is essentially your assets minus your liabilities. Um, so having knowledge of that, and then a little bit of that 
that budgeting, right? That cash coming in, cash going out. So how much money do you make? How much money do you spend on average? Knowing those numbers is so powerful because when you know those, again, they're the starting point to everything else and, and going towards your goals and things like that. And it's little things. Like I think so many people go like, oh, I have to start investing on my own. I have no idea where to start. And that seems really complicated. Like, let's just break it down to like one step at a time. What if the first step is like doing some research and deciding if you want to do direct investing or self like on your own, doing some research and deciding, hey, where would I want to open an account if I got started with that? Um, hey, am I going to open an RSP or a TFSA or am I going to open both? Um, you know, just those steps of like, okay, step one, I'm opening the account. Step two, I'm deciding how much I'm going to put away in it. And, you know, step three, then I'm going to do some getting invested. And that's the step that, you know, it's so important, the investing part. And I'm kind of asking and encouraging people to sort of dive in, which is a little bit scary, I know, but I think we get too much like caught in the weeds when it comes to investing, thinking like I need to be the next Warren Buffett before I can even start to invest. Like I need to figure it all out first and then invest. But you kind of got to jump in. Um, there's so many great diversified products that are easily accessible, like ETFs. You'll hear that a lot. So those are exchange traded funds, a basket of different holdings. That is a great tool to start with. You can't go wrong with saying, oh, I have a basket of 500 different companies. Like that's a great place to start that should make investing you know less intimidating less scary and then again it's just diving in starting so maybe it's like 100 bucks and you find this etf you're going to buy and you do it sometimes you you hear about all the different terms about rsps tfsas and then if you're a, um if you're a, a parent then you think resps you gotta throw this in there oh investing and then you're just like uh i i don't know which one i'm gonna yeah. put my money in first so how do you prioritize what to like put your money in. You're right. It's so confusing. We have so much jargon to make it more confusing and different account types and different tax implications. So yes, it's very confusing. I think it's just starting with like, what is the goal? Is it a long-term goal for your retirement? Then our RSP, so ret registered retirement savings plan, probably the best bet. Um, a tax-free savings account, it's going to give you, it can be long-term, can be shorter term. You're going to have more flexibility there. And then, oh, is it for, I want to save up for my child's education. So, you know, I, like I said, I have a nine-year-old and a one-year-old. I have an RESP account because I have intentions of, I would like to help them out with that. So I have that account. I put money in there for them as well. So you're probably going to have a mix of a few. And that's just because we have probably a few different goals. And those are going to change through life, your life too. I would say for young people, the places you're always starting is RRSP, so Registered Retirement Savings Plan, TFSA, Tax-Free Savings Account. And you can do some research if you want to kind of see the difference between those. Um, but to like super simplify right now, think RSP, like that's money that you really want to keep long-term towards your retirement. TFSA can be that as well, but it has the flexibility to do both. Kaylee, I'm also wondering, you know, when people are investing, obviously it's important to invest, but then what about the money you leave over for yourself? Mm -hmm. Yeah, good question. So we're, you know, the upside of where we're at right now with high interest rates means you're getting a good return on cash right now for like savings 
accounts, whether it be like your emergency savings account. Um, I like to call it your empowerment account. Cause I don't like, I think emergency is like, again, negative connotation of like, we don't want to invite any emergencies in. So an empowerment account means, you know, have some extra savings on the side for if something comes up or you're right. If you just, you know, need it for like, Oh, I'm saving for a house down payment or something like that. So the benefit of high interest rates right now is you're getting a really good return on your cash. So don't let it just sit in your checking account. Um, checking account is really for that money in money out, right? The, the month to month expenses, but anything kind of beyond that, you want to be earning some more interest. And we're in a place where interest looks a lot better on your cash. So there's great high interest savings opportunities right now. Check in with your financial provider. Um, or if they're not offering a really good rate, look around, like you should be probably seeing something like four or mid 4% annual return on those right now. So yes, be diligent, even with that savings, because you could be getting some interest and some decent return on it. Um, and so, you know, you might as well, right? Like, let's make sure our money is doing the best thing for us. It's working for you. You know, I, I understand everyone's situation is different, but it's just making the most of where you're at so you can feel better about money. I think that is like one of the best pieces of advice that, mm -hmm. that you could give honestly like like you said everyone's path is different everyone's experience with money is different but you can always there's always the option to take matters into your own hands and make changes and yeah. do the things that you need to do for your life we have to put the blinders on and try to really embrace our own uniqueness because it's going to be different for everyone and if you're following someone else's path you're not going to feel good and you're going to get like led astray and you might find yourself really regretting a lot of the decisions you made like if you're seeing everyone's buying a house, I better buy one too. And then you realize like, oh, that wasn't even important to me. And I was fine with renting and I liked the flexibility and things like that. So it's like all these things, like you, we have to like, you know, you only answer to yourself and it's your life. So go do the inner work and say like, what is it I want? And again, every day you're probably going to see the other things and it's going to be like, bring up feelings or it could be overwhelming, but, you know, turn that back off and say again, what is it I want? What brings me joy? What does my financial future look like or the goals I have? 10 out of 10. Yes. 10 out of 10. I feel like that is, yes, we're going to clap that's for that it, one. <laughs> that was, that was the, I feel like that's the boost we needed. I yes. feel like that's what a lot of people need to hear that it's going to be okay. We don't need to be keeping up with the Kardashians mm -hmm. and we can, as Kaylee says, make money our thing. Kaylee, if anyone wants to buy the book or follow you along on social media, where can they go? Um, yeah, absolutely. So my website is KayleeBoisVert.com and it's also available right now on Amazon for pre-order. It comes out July 11th and then at that point it'll be in all major bookstores. Um, so yeah, definitely check out the book if this is at all inspiring you to want to take some action with your money and change that relationship with your money. And, and reach out anytime. I love answering any questions or even hearing your success stories or what people have, are doing. I love it. Love it. Sign we me love, up. Yes, we love to hear it. <laughs> Kaylee Boisvert, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.